It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is January 9th, 2018. My name is Phil Prosperreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You can, you can, of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd and the podcast at Locked On Magic. Going to have a little bit of a transactional show for you today. Catch up on some news and notes from the from the Magic uh, as as we had our big episode yesterday. I encourage you to go back into the archives on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. And take a listen to the Orlando Magic Daily Facebook Live that I recorded and posted on the Locked On Magic feed yesterday. Answer a lot of questions about the Magic there. Uh, did, did my little mini mailbag. I'll have a full mailbag up on orlandomagicdaily.com. Later on Tuesday, and of course you can check out uh, you can check out all the great stuff over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com, and of course a recap of the Magic's game against the Cleveland Cavaliers as they get set for their next game on Tuesday. That's what's going to come up on today's episode. I'm going to preview the Magic's game against the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about some rumors that have popped up open as as Woj had his first big I guess it's his first big trade deadline post. We are now T minus. 29 days, 30 days, something like that. We are a month away from the NBA trade deadline, and so things will pick up very, very quickly, I suppose, I surmise. Uh, and then, of course, uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about Kem Birch getting his, uh, his, uh, the rest of his contract picked up or guaranteed for the rest of the year, uh, and whether we'll actually see him play once or twice uh, this year. So we'll, we'll talk some little odds and ends, news and notes, get, 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 you know, get, get those out of the way so we can focus on the games, and of course, the second half of the season. I'd be remiss, though, if I didn't start off today's episode by congratulating the 2017 NCAA National Champion, UCF Knights, of course, uh, not that other team that that won the second-place game on uh, on Monday night. Uh, the UCF Knights held their big celebration in downtown Orlando, and it was fantastic. Such a great turnout from UCF fans. But um, I, I'll have some thoughts on on why I think that's actually important. Hopefully, on tomorrow's episode, if not tomorrow, then 
Wednesday's episode for sure, as the Magic are on a back-to-back, a weird back-to-back at that. But I want to gather my thoughts and, and get them get them up uh, both on the site and, and on the podcast on, you know, while it seems silly, and, and, and I know this is a Magic podcast, so I don't want to talk too much about UCF, uh, but uh, I, I think that everything's tied together, and I think it's important. Um, it's it's something it says something about our community, and 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 I, and I think it's worth drawing out. So I'll, I'll have some comments about that tomorrow. That's what we call a tease. But let's focus on the here and now. The Orlando Magic start a three-game road trip in Dallas against the Dallas Mavericks, and and as Josh Robinson, the Orlando Sentinel, wrote in today's uh, today's uh, paper, if if you haven't gotten if you haven't looked online or, or gotten a physical hard copy paper, um. It, this really starts an interesting and difficult stretch for the Magic. I was looking at the schedule earlier today. January is very road heavy. The Magic will play Minnesota. Have only two, I think, three more home games. None of them consecutive. The rest of the month they'll play Minnesota. Uh, I think they play. I know they play LA on the thirty first, and then and then they play another team in there somewhere. I'm blanking on who it is, um, but. Uh, this is a very heavy road month coming up. There are a lot of road games. The Magic will play three here at Dallas, at Milwaukee on a back-to-back, and then at Washington on Friday. They'll get a few days off. They'll play Minnesota at at home. And then they go back out on the road to take on Boston and Cleveland in consecutive games. So yeah, this, this, this isn't going to be an easy stretch. And... Uh, you know, this is obviously a team that's really struggling. I've already gotten some some t- some tweets and some emails saying the Magic are about to lose 20 games in a row here, and I don't think that's the case. The Magic seem to cap themselves off at nine, and so we're in a uh, what, what are the Magic now? The Magic are on a uh, on a losing streak of four games. So in five games, the Magic will win again, and everyone will be happy. But um, certainly, I mean, I mean, certainly. Um, this is a rough stretch for the Magic. The Magic are in a deep hole right now. The Magic are struggling a lot right now. And so, you know, you can't look at the schedule and say, this is a win, this is a win, this is a win. But you can certainly look at the schedule and say, you look at a team like Dallas, who's 13-28. and 28, Magic are, 13, are, are 12 and 28. You look at a team like Dallas and you think, if the Magic are going to get a win, this is where they're going to have to get it um, against another team, another young team that's struggling, that has its own issues, that that is is not one of the top teams in the league, as opposed to the teams that the Magic will be playing uh, for most of the rest of this month. So this is definitely a, a big game, I guess, if, if you're still vested in, in, in the Magic winning games. This is a big game for the Magic to play, and of course Dallas is... Uh, 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 an interesting team in a lot of ways. Obviously, they've got a lot of young guys. They got you know Rick Carlisle's a fantastic coach, but Dallas, just like Orlando, is a middle of the road offensive team, middle of the road defensive team, really, or bottom of the bottom of the league defensive team. Um, 107.3 defensive rating is better than the Magic. 104.3 offensive rating is better than the Magic. Um, their mi- minus 2.9 net rating. It really suggests Dallas is kind of an unlucky team. That Dallas has lost a lot of close games and. And and they've kept themselves in it. They, they they're they're competitive and and they're they are better than their record suggests they are. I, I really look at I think I look at this team, um, and, and you don't see necessarily the the high talent level that you might with other teams, but you get a team that uh, that that plays hard and and does a lot of things the right way, which is of course what you expect from a Rick Carlisle coach team. You look at their top players, guys who they got their guys who score the most points. Harrison Barnes is eighteen point seven points per game. He's obviously a good player. Good player. 
Dennis Smith Jr., a guy that Magic fans have, are still coveting over. I saw on Orlando Pinstripe Post, they had debates about whether the Magic should have drafted Smith to begin with. 13.8 points per game, 39.5% shooting, 33.3% from beyond the arc, 4.5 assists per game. We'll let everyone judge on that. He's obviously shown flashes, but he's still a rookie and still got a long way to go. Dirk Nowitzki's averaging 12.1 points per game, 46.8% shooting, 42.2. He's still Dirk. So there's there's there are talent there's talent on this team. They're not particularly deep either. So this game could get a little ugly there in the second quarter when games get u- get ugly for the Magic. But Dallas is a team that competes, and you can see that in the statistics that they compete and they play hard and they stay within the game and they give themselves a chance. They they're always on the attack. They've got some decent shooters. They'll take a lot of threes. And what Dallas really does better than anyone else, I think, is control the pace of the game. Uh, Dallas, where the, whereas the Magic are one of the fastest teams in the league in terms of possessions per game. Dallas is in the bottom six. They're 25th in the league in defense and pace at 97.3 possessions per game. So if I'm the Magic, I'm a big key is a getting stops. Getting stops is always key number one. And like I've said a million times, it's less about what the opponent's doing and more about what you're doing as as the Magic. So key number one is get stops. If you can get defensive stops, you've obviously got a chance. Um, if you're if you're uh, uh, able to get stops, then you're able to get out in transition. And if you're able to get out in transition and pick up the pace a little bit, this might be a team you can outscore. It's not like they're a good defensive team. Um, I mean, not that they're bad. I mean, they're, they're, they're not a good defensive team, but they're better than the Magic. It's not that they're a great offensive team, although they are better than the Magic. The Magic have to find a way to get easy buckets. They have to find a way to break down that defense. That's always some that's something they've struggled with in recent in recent year in recent games uh, and, and recent weeks really. And so getting the team to getting the team to to kind of turn defense into offense has been the struggle all year. And if the Magic can do that, they'll have a chance to win this game. This is you know again. I, I don't want to sit here and circle games on the calendar and say this is a game the Magic should win. I'm not saying this is a game the Magic should win. They're not that kind of team. There's not any team that I can circle on the calendar right now and say the Magic will beat this team. But this is a winnable game. And Orlando, in my opinion, has played better basketball of late. They played deep, they played well against Cleveland. They played well against for stretches against Houston. Um, if they could cut down their own mistakes, cut down their turnovers... Focus on def- defense. I mean, this is not a. I don't think this is a game where the Magic have to be really, you know, locked in defensively for 48 minutes. Dallas is going to give them opportunities. Um, it, again, that, that that's just kind of the nature of who these teams are. Just like Orlando is going to give Dallas opportunities. Orlando has to be competitive. They have to stay within the game plan. They have to stay within themselves. And they have to play defense. And if they can do that, they will have a chance to win. And that's all you can ask for from a team that's in the position that the Magic are in. So Orlando. Definitely has its work cut out for it. Orlando will definitely have to bring some fire, bring the bring their game with them to make this make this thing happen. And if they do, they have a chance to win. And that's again all you can ask for. I I can already hear the people the, the people saying if Magic win this game, that means they fall from second in the lottery to to sixth or fifth or whatever, and that's a huge difference. It's too early to be worrying about that, guys. Um, and and, and as I've always said. When you have an opportunity to win games, you need to win games. And I think this is an opportunity to win a game. The Magic need to come out and play like they have a chance to win this game. And if they do, maybe they will. So we will see about that. 
We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Of course, the game against Dallas Mavericks is not what everyone's talking about. Uh, you know, you'll see in my mailbag on OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You'll see if you listen back to Monday's Facebook Live. The big questions are the big questions. The big questions that this that 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 Magic fans are asking are these super long term questions about what direction what direction do the Magic go? And everyone's attention is turned to two dates. That big date in June when the Magic will select a new player, probably in the top five of this draft, and and to, to another point about wins, you never know if this win is the one that will get the Magic the top lottery off, the, the, the lottery up, the, the lot, top pick in the lottery. You never know. Um, but the two dates that everyone looks forward to is that big date in June when the Magic will enter the draft and, and probably get a very good player out of that. And the, day, the date one month from yesterday, or about a month from now, when Orlando enters the trade deadline. A lot of questions about the trade deadline. A lot of questions about what the Magic are going to do. Whether the Magic will be able to make moves. Will the Magic be able to reform this roster? Will, will How will they set themselves up for their offseason? And these are absolutely huge key questions that everyone's asking at this point. They are big questions. They're big questions that need answering. Because we do not know those answers quite yet. And and I, I spent a lot of time on Thursday talking about what direction I think the magic will go. You can go back and listen to that podcast on the Locked On Pod on the Locked On Magic podcast feed. Um uh, I believe it's Thursday's episode about Jeff Weltman. It might be Friday's episode, actually. I think I record Thursday for Friday. So Friday's episode on Jeff Weltman after he gave his interview to, to Josh Robbins at the Leno Sentinel. On Monday, though, we did get a little peek, perhaps, into what the Magic are specifically thinking. According to Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN.com, the Detroit Pistons approached the Magic, or Detroit pursued a deal, according to him, for Evan Fournier, offering Reggie Jackson's contract, which is not a good contract, and I'm not a Reggie Jackson fan, so I'm, I'm, not, again, I'm not for this deal, and Luke Kennard. The Magic appeared to rebuff those uh, those those overtures, but I think what was really key it wasn't. I mean, everyone loves the juicy rumors with the specific names and specific deals. And yes, to 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 make an Evan Fournier deal work, you need a contract like Reggie Jackson's. Evan Fournier is due seventeen million dollars over the next three year, seventeen million dollars per year for the next three years. Reggie Jackson would make uh, sixteen this year, seventeen next year, eighteen this eighteen the the final year of that deal. So Reggie Jackson has won fewer years on his deal, but ultimately will cost the Magic a little bit more per year. Um, as I've said, I think the big thing for the Magic right now is to cut salary as much as they can. But I think what was more interesting than this juicy tidbit about the specific deal that may or may not have been offered to the Magic was what came before that. When Wojnarowski suggested that there are several wing players 
with similar salaries to Evan Fournier that teams might be looking to pick up. To me, what this rumor signifies is that there is a market for a guy like Evan Fournier. If the Magic want to move off his salary, if the Magic want to make a big big move or bring in some more kind of supporting players to to give Aaron Gordon more responsibility because, you know, I, I, I'm not of the belief that Evan Fournier and Aaron Gordon have a problem with each other, but I certainly concede that, yes, Evan Fournier takes over, the, takes over games at the end when maybe it should be Aaron Gordon's turn to do that. So, I think that I think that what we're seeing then is is the market begin to develop. Wojnarowski notes this in his in his column about the trade deadline. Right now, teams are still kind of sorting themselves out and sorting what their needs are. They're still evaluating and testing the market. Deals won't get done till the deadline. Let's make that perfectly clear. Um, I've already gotten a few emails like, "Oh, are the Magic talking to me?" The Magic are talking to everyone. This time of year, you're just talking. Deals don't get done. Until the deadline. So yes, we still got a little ways to go. Guys will come back from injury. Guys may get hurt. The market will shift in little ways like that. But I think what is abundantly clear now is that a market does exist. That there is a place for the Magic to make this kind of a deal. That if the Magic, again, are trying to get rid of Evan Fournier's salary, if the Magic are trying to kind of shift the core around a little bit, there is a market there. And I think what's important to note about that then is that if there is a market now, that means the Magic hold the cards. Or at least to me, that's what it says. That the Magic can go after what they really want. Is it just expiring contracts? Is it just... Is it, is it about getting players that fit the long-term vision of this team? Those are the questions. Those are the... The, the the places that the Magic need to go right now. And it's still early enough that they can explore all their options. There's no rush to make this deal happen. There's no rush for anything to happen. And so I took the report from Wojnarowski as a good thing for the Magic as far as how this market develops. Because it shows that there is a market. When, you know, maybe I was I was a little skeptical. I didn't think they'd be able to move off Fournier in the middle of the season. But as Wojnarowski, but the, the caveat to all this is, as Wojnarowski notes, the sellers are apparent. The teams that are trying to sell off players like an Evan Fournier are apparent. They're the teams at the bottom. The Magic, the Lakers, Lakers especially, the Nets maybe. These are teams that are looking to shed some salary and might be willing to take less than equal value or, or take the right kind of young player to move off one of these players. The buyers have not emerged yet. 
And as we get closer to the deadline, they will. And so we'll talk more about these rumors as they pop up. But I, I, I always have to be careful around this time of year. And so I'll, I'll, I'll give the same warning I always do. Don't worry so much about the specific player-for-player player rumor, the specific deal that is proposed. Often, often those are suggested, often those are leaked after they're dead or after they've really died off. And so always consider what is the purpose of these leaks, of these rumors coming out. And what do they really say? Or what do they say about a bigger picture? Those are the bigger questions you need to ask out of these rumors. No, the Magic were not going to trade Evan Fournier for Reggie Jackson Luke Kennard. They clearly said no. Or at least no for now. But clearly, there is interest in Evan Fournier. And that's the bigger takeaway of all this. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring, but for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. I want to close today's show um, just by wrapping up with a little bit of transaction news. Um, the big transaction, obviously, or Sunday was the deadline for non-guaranteed deals signed before the season began to become guaranteed. Now, 10-day contracts are available. And as expected, the Orlando Magic opted to keep Kem Birch because Kem Birch remained on the roster past Sunday. His salary for the remainder of the season is now fully guaranteed. He also has a second year that is partially guaranteed, that is a, a non-guaranteed. So the Magic, I think, essentially plan to keep him, which is... Some might say a little odd, because, or maybe perhaps a little odd, because Ken Burch has played more minutes in the G League than he has in the NBA. In fact, in the NBA, he's only played in about 20 minutes. So the Magic kept a, kept a player that I think a lot of people are intrigued by, um, definitely intrigued by, um, but haven't yet thrown out in the middle of a game. In fact, he played about seven and a half minutes against Houston. It was the first meaningful minutes he's really had all season. And so everyone's waiting for Ken Birch. Everyone's waiting to see when are they going to give this guy a chance. Now, the Magic, I thought when the Magic signed him, because he was considered one of the best Euro, European uh, best prospects in Euro, Euro League. Um, and certainly he's shown some of that. He's got, 
he's gotten some uh he's gotten some some good rebounds, he's got some good defensive instincts. He's got to get used to the speed of the NBA game and that's kind of been the biggest biggest thing for him. And unfortunately, he just hasn't had the opportunity to do so yet. Um as Marie Spates has continued to struggle, uh, I've heard it and I tend to agree with it, the calls to give Birch a chance are certainly rising. And I think the time that Ken Birch will get his opportunity is coming. Some of it is matchup dependent. Some of it is the Magic want, you know, they have a log jam at center. Some of it is the Magic want to see what Aaron Gordon looks like in lineups at center. And we're seeing Frank Vogel experiment with that. But I believe at some point we will see. We will see. Ken Birch get some, get some run. Um, it hasn't happened yet. But clearly the Magic are invested in him just a little bit. The Magic obviously want to keep him around. They like what he's doing in practice. He's been good for Lakeland. He's They like his talent and potential. And there just isn't room for him right now. So the question then becomes, when do the Magic turn away from Marie Spates and turn toward Ken Birch? That part I don't know. That part I can't answer if it were me, I would have given him some run already. I would have given, I would have thrown him into the fire and see what he can do. Um, like I said, I think the fouling is still a little bit of an issue, but that's kind of a speed of the game type deal. Uh, so I suspect that that will get better as well. That Birch will uh, will become more comfortable as we've seen Wessa Wundu become more comfortable as we've even seen Mario Zoni become more comfortable with the speed of the game. But he's here to stay. He's here for the, for the rest of the season at least. Uh, and I, I imagine eventually Birch will get his opportunity. Perhaps perhaps it is something they're waiting for the trade deadline to do um, because he's obviously, a, I think he can be a great energy guy, a great defender, someone who can blow up pick and rolls uh, and rebound the ball really well. So I think I think we will see Birch get his opportunity. It's, it, it's, it's going to take longer than maybe it, it should. All right, like I said, I wanted to make this a short transactional episode. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. You can, of course, follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Magic, as well as like us on Facebook at Locked on Magic. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. And, of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com, where we will be, of course, um, where I will, of course, be posting my full Orlando Magic Daily mailbag early Tuesday morning. So be sure to check that out. The Orlando Magic will take on the Dallas Mavericks over at the American Airlines Center in Dallas at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. We'll have complete coverage of that game on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic, so be sure to download and tune in then. But for now, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I will see you all again tomorrow for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic. Your daily Orlando Magic Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 